0: And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall production bunker, it's Derek Duvall!
1: Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a big thank you to my last guest, Donald Dunn. If you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 224, and we have a fantastic episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Elena Bistrzitski. Now, Elena is an accomplished harpist and social media sensation with her post on Instagram showcasing her incredible mastery of the instrument. Elena will be discussing growing up in Russia and Germany, learning the harp, playing for German Chancellor Angela Merkel, the struggles and triumphs of being an Instagram star, and so much more. Elena is a lovely woman and has become one of my favorite people to talk to, so let's get her out here. Duval Nation, please welcome the show calling in today from her home in Austin, Texas, Elena Bastritsky. <laughs> Elena hello welcome to the dark of all Show how is the weather out by you today
2: it's gorgeous and thank you very much for having me
1: you're welcome it's been an absolute pleasure I can't wait to speak with you with the pandemic now winding down how was it for you to navigate the covid19 world
2: I kind of like felt that I was in a bubble I have two kids so I kind of like had to take care of, like had to take care about my kids. So I kind of like was distressed a little bit, distracted. And so it was automatically for me, okay, I need to stop working or slow down because the kids are home. So I kind of like didn't felt it. I felt it more when the pandemic was over and I realized, oh, wow, there are no gigs. The prices are so low for musicians and barely people invite live music because everybody I mean adjusted to recordings and DJs and it is of course much easier for um, customers than hiring a musician with a huge instrument.
1: That makes sense. So every journey has a beginning. Now yours begins in St. Petersburg, Russia. What was it like Mm -hmm. to grow up there?
2: I mean for me it was nice I was uh, eight, so I was living there until I was eight, I was very lucky because my parents had the opportunity to work in Europe, so they were working in in Germany and in France as a musician and I was very lucky because they brought me basically things like clothing and toys from the Western world to the Soviet Union. And I I felt very fortunate, and yeah, so I was lucky, and um, also the, my parents tried, of course, to kind of like keep us in the bubble of being happy and everything is okay. Same, like with COVID, you kind of like get hit with it when you go back to St. Petersburg, so when I was back there when I was like 15... I was shocked about the apartment I was living in. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so small. And the neighbor's windows are broken. And like the public transportation looks horrible and it's dangerous, but as a child, you don't really see it. Mm. Fair enough. So I'm thankful mm. to to be able to move, but also very thankful to have the experience to, half the language Russian, and I think it. I when I play and when I perform, I still have it in me because I started in Russia, and the Russian school is a little bit like in me <laughs> <laughs> forever. It's like.
1: <laughs> what prompted your family to move to Germany?
2: I am from a Jewish family, so we had the opportunity, like many Jewish families, to move to Israel, Germany, or USA. That was kind of like the gift that Germany was giving to the Jewish families as an excuse for the Holocaust.
1: Interesting. Okay. So at what age did you first pick up the harp?
2: I started harp when I was probably like six and a half. And when I moved to Germany, I stopped playing for a couple of years and I was playing only piano okay. and then I got back to it.
1: Did you find you picked the instrument very quickly? Did you struggle with it at first?
2: Uh, I did not pick it. And it is also like a cultural and traditional way it was like that in germany uh, in russia i'm not sure if it's the same but kind of like your parents pick for you the sports or the instrument and as i grew up in a mus- musical family musician family i didn't had a choice but i also never wanted another choice hmm. so i was fine and when i came into the music special music school it's kind of like with dancing so they're like teachers they look at your height look at your fingers and they kind of like decide which instrument would fit you physically
1: hmm. did you did you did you pick it up very quickly though did you just struggle with the beginning or did you gravitate to it pretty quickly
2: i didn't have any struggle the only struggle i had was probably that of course, we could not buy an instrument. So I was traveling in St. Petersburg from home to the school. And this is about a two-hour way oh, okay. to practice.
0: Wow. So
2: that's the only struggle, I guess, that I had. But as I know from my parents and as I remember, I never like had any trouble with that or that I was tired. or It was normal for mm-hmm. me. It was a normal... Schedule and, yeah. Hmm, Interesting. Lifestyle.
1: Now, you performed as a harpist with symphony orchestras all over Germany and even performed for Chancellor Angela Merkel. What was that experience like?
2: Uh, The first experience was getting the harp into the building (laughs) through the security because, of course, they all freaked out when they saw the big case of the harp. Uh, so that was the first struggle. So I had to take everything out and they asked me if I can somehow take it apart, the harp, and I'm like, no, of course I cannot, because they wanted to put it through the scanner. Right. Um, so they were like, usually how they check the people with the gadgets they have in their hands, they were like checking it through the whole harp. It was like peeping through the whole room, of course, because it's all metal inside um but they got it in and i was playing there with my brother so we were playing as a duet um our specialty were playing tangos and this is i i guess this is what uh the agency saw and they wanted something special and in germany it is very common if you have a big political conference there's always like a little break every 30 minutes where you have an act. Like there can be a dancer, there can be a musical act. And we were one of the little break and we were sitting on the stage. And when Angela Merkel, when she walked in, she she looked so huge. I don't know how they train it that they when important people enter the room, there's like a big aura. This is what I've noticed. And one interesting fact after the, uh, conference, after our playing, she was talking to us, like, like normal, normal conversation and guess in which language? I have no idea. In Russian. Really? (laughs) Yeah. She speaks fluently Russian because she grew up in the DDR mm. and many people actually in East of Germany, they speak fluently Russian. Okay. So she was talking to us in Russian. So that was interesting.
1: That's amazing. What brought you to the United States?
2: I get married to an American and we decided to move to USA. I was trying to get him to Germany, but
1: yeah. (laughs) How'd you meet your husband?
2: Kind of through family. I went to a vacation and my grandparents knew his grandparents and I could stay at his grandparents. And then they said, oh, you know, I have a grandson. He can show you the city.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works. So yeah. Uh, Talk about your time at Juilliard and working with the New York Symphony Orchestra.
2: I Unfortunately, I decided not to study at Juilliard. I feel that it was a little mistake when I moved to New York. I think I should have. So I met with Nancy Allen, with the harpist, um, symphony harpist, and uh, the professor at Juilliard. And I had a couple lessons with her and we were talking about it, like what kind of like studium, like I could start. And then I started working at the German school in New York. And I thought I should start making money instead of, yeah, working on my personal needs. And I think that was a mistake, but yeah.
1: Fair enough. Um, What brought you to Austin, Texas?
2: I have two kids. So we were with two kids in New York and we decided that Austin or California could be a better place school-wise and weather-wise. So my husband was looking into opportunities and there was one in Austin and yeah, since five years I'm in Austin.
1: I went to Austin year before last. It was my first time there for a Rolling Stones concert, and uh, it's a really nice city. It, it it was it was a really nice place. I was I was very impressed.
2: It is a very nice city, and I have to say, the more time I spend here, the more I like it. Um, it, it has a very big musical scene. Mm. It is popular and probably you've heard about it. And there are so many concerts and especially during COVID. I know you're kind of like also your topic is around COVID. I think we were very lucky to have this outdoor opportunities. I remember we had like so many superstars and singers and like comedians coming to Austin during the pandemic, like I've never experienced that in Berlin or New York. When I like both, both big cities and then Austin, they were like here. So, but I have to say the classical, uh, part is a little bit behind. Mm. I wish that would develop a little bit more and the people would, uh, appreciate classical music a little bit more, but I guess. Austin is very young there are many young people m- uh, many IT companies and uh of course they pull young people into the city um but we'll see
1: when your children get older would you ever consider going back like on tour with your harp or playing in like a symphony or anything like that
2: I'm not sure if I would like to be like a full-time harpist in an orchestra since for me I- like i i've been playing probably like 7 years in orchestras in in germany and i would like to have yeah it, it is i'm i don't want to say it's always the same mm-hmm. but for a musician it is kind of like an office job ah it's very scheduled it's from monday no it's from tuesday to sunday on monday usually you're off because you have the concerts on Saturday and Sunday. And the um, repertoire is usually pretty much the same. It changes probably like three to five pieces a year. But in general, it stays the same. As you know, like for Christmas, what is the first thing that comes into your mind? Nutcracker. And you play every December 15 times Nutcracker. Mm -hmm.
1: I can see you're getting old.
2: Yeah, it is. But this is uh, also, I don't know if you will get to that. This is what I also want with music. And I'm kind of like working on that. I'm not really sure what the correct way is, but I think you kind of like need to change it up. And it is very important to write your own music or to add your own touch to every music so that it gets more interesting since the classical music i don't want to say it's boring but the people who are listening uh most people they're listening to classical music they like the classical parts like nutcracker like um yeah tchaikovsky strauss beethoven so there is much, much more, but I don't know if we will ever get to list to hear all classical music. It's-
1: well, well, that was one of my Well, that was one of my questions I was going to ask later, but I might as well just ask now. Is basically have you ever thought about writing your own compositions or, or actually just you know doing medle- medleys of old classical compositions like Mozart, Bach, or or Beethoven. <laughs>
2: there are many harpists um so first part about the classical uh, part there are many harpists who are trying to ex- to experiment with classical music which is not original written for harp mozart many like there's just one piece for harp from mozart the rest is basically people who are just trying to experiment and um I would like to write more music. I'm not sure in which direction I would like to go. At the moment, the only pieces I wrote were more like meditation and like background music for motivation speakers. Hmm. And they usually always need music in the background and also like meditation, this kind of music. Yeah, but there's so much to explore and you need so much time for that to try it out and there's so many like technical parts you can buy and just add to the harp and yeah, I I guess you need to sit day and night for like two months to understand everything.
1: Okay, Deval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Elena Pastritsky. Measure that you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know, that's right, clouse style.
0: Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good.
1: Pay attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back.
3: Hello, Deval Nation. Derek Deval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward, I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring the Derek DeBall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's betterhelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show.
0: Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. This is Marielle Sanji, the author of The Absinthe Frappe from LSU Press. Have you ever wondered about the mysteries of absinthe? The spirit is packed with history, and in my book, I explore the myths and facts behind this elusive liquor. What is it about absinthe that appealed to artists like Vincent van Gogh? How did the absinthe frappe cocktail take the country by storm in the 19th century? Why was absinthe banned? And how were the restrictions on absinthe lifted? Dive into the world of absinthe in the Absinthe Rappé. Available wherever you prefer to buy your books.
1: Teachers, do you ever have these feelings
3: or have been told these things?
0: Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off. You can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget Cuts. Well, you're in
3: luck because we've got a book just for you.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on, warriors. We've got this.
3: Hi, this is Glenn.
0: And this is Sonia from Valley,
3: And you are listening to The Derek Duval Show. Here's a song called Faces in the Mirror from our album Anarchy and Alchemy.
1: You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 224 of the Derek DeVall show. Let's get right back to it with conclusion of our interview with harpist and Instagram sensation, Elena Bistritsky You are the founder of the Learn a Gift Music and Creative Arts Center. What inspired? Oh my you gosh. To, what inspired <laughs> you to start that business?
2: The inspiration was the German school in Brooklyn. So I was there, the kindergarten teacher for German, so math and German and like science, sports. So from first to fifth grade, so elementary age, elementary school age. And I also had after school programs. And I started their program, it was like music and movement. And I always wanted to have my own like theater piece with children. And I wanted to give it like to children who can not really afford it. So it was kind of like a nonprofit uh, based project because also from Germany, when I was teaching there, I was teaching in areas where people um, had the opportunity to learn. Uh, music or an instrument if they came from uh, a bad background so uh, trouble with families and um, drug abuse and this kind of uh, children and they're just so thankful and they're so happy and I really enjoyed it so I tried to do it in, in Austin and it was going pretty well And I was starting it probably like five months before COVID hit. And there were of of course group lessons. So I had um, uh, like groups, five to eight children. And I tried to make like a musical theater. So the children didn't need to have like a dance background. It was more what they were feeling through the music. Uh, like uh, the mood, the volume, the tempo. I wanted that the children learn to hear and feel that. A little bit like closing your eyes or like blind people would do that. Mm-hmm. And without me telling them, okay, you need to do now like plié and here you need to jump. So I wanted to do like more improvisation. But at the end that it comes out as a fairy tale or as a story
1: hmm.
2: and it worked pretty well i had two events where they were performing it i have actually videos of that i should post that probably on my instagram so i did costumes i did music i did everything on my own and then COVID hit, and yeah People were just afraid to be anywhere in groups, inside. Hmm. And now, if you look back, you think that's so crazy. And I'm thinking like when the kids will grow up and they look back like 50 years and they will say, what What did they do because of the virus? Hmm. There, were, there were no school, there were no university. You didn't have to work how like
1: yeah crazy you have a very active social media presence with an instagram account of over ninety five thousand followers the equivalent of a small city you perform various popular songs on the harp talk about your social media channel and how much fun is it to shoot one of those videos
2: it is not easy and a especially the beginning, because uh, I think I made it very hard for me. I did 100 days, 100 covers. So I did every day for 100 days a cover. Sometimes I had to record like 10 in advance if I knew I would like travel. So that was very tough, but it also helped me. And I think like as a bass, if you want to compose as a musician, you need to play as much as you can different kind of music and every time when i study a new piece i have this in my head i'm like i'm not doing it just for the post i'm doing it for myself <laughs> so that i learn new techniques because i am very strict and i'm very picky uh, if i do a video so I have my lightning at light. I try to look dressed in my videos, so it takes a lot of time right. to record a video. And sometimes I think, oh, I want to record this video, uh, this melody. I'm like, I need to brush my hair. I need to clean this area so that it looks nice. And I think if I would be a little bit easier myself, I could have ten times more posts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I could see that being uh, labor intensive. I really could. What is your approach to how you select the songs to perform?
2: Mm, so for the first one hundred days, it was basically whatever I hear, whatever I see, I will record. Now it's sometimes by like by my mood. So if I'm not in the best mood, then I want to play classical music so maybe now the people know if i play classical music i'm not in my happiest place (laughs) if i play like something like see unstoppable i'm in a good place so it is very personal like Mm. it's not that i'm now like the 100 first days yes it was whatever whatever i hear whatever i see Now it's more like what I feel, what I want to hear myself. So I never post just to post. I really, it comes from my heart and from my feelings. And I think like many musicians, you're very sensitive to sound, to the keys you're playing in. So I I like to listen and I like to record so that I want to listen to it.
1: Hmm. when you when you say like you know what you're listening to like what what kind of genre of music are you listening to mostly
2: so since one week i'm so much into brazilian music and brazil and like things like that but i cannot play it on the harp so like what can i play like even girl from ipanema is so so tough on the Mm -hmm. harp but maybe this will be the next one. I, I'll see. So I guess this is the reason I haven't had that many posts because I'm, yeah, listening yeah. to that nonstop. Again, I don't have a favorite song, a favorite band. I take everything by spontaneously and like by feeling. Right. So I, I went to a Green Day concert and I was like so amazed by the band, and I was recording I think three songs about uh three th- three songs from Green Day. So it's very, very spontaneous.
1: I see that. What's it like to have one of your videos like go viral?
2: The most viral video. I I don't know if you saw it, but it was blue. I'm blue, ba I <laughs> <da-ba-dee. laughs> Eiffel sixty-five. Most, yeah, that was the yeah. most viral video and it was not from the a newer one where it was with light and with a right. better iPhone. So this gives me also like a point where I think maybe it's not that important to have the perfect quality. So I don't, you never know.
0: Right.
2: So usually it does not depend on the song. I think it depends on the person who report, uh, who reposts it. So this is the most important thing in social media. So you can post every day, but if people don't repost it, doesn't make any sense. Instagram is very tough. Yeah. I did not expect that.
1: Yeah. Tell me about it. I am, if I could figure out Instagram, I, I would be said i just it's one of the toughest social medias i think i've ever tried to figure out so
2: i recently asked my followers what can i do to kind of like get better and to like spreading they the only basically thing that can help you is money you ah. need to pay money yeah. so that's yeah. very tough yeah. so and kind of like i don't want to do it and it's it's a lot of money
1: (laughs) right um i hear you are also a trained ballroom dancer is that correct
2: yes that's correct that was my first experience with dance and it was a very intense one so the first discipline part in my life was music i just i didn't have a choice and i kind of like Glided into it when I was six years old. I didn't understood it, but dancing and ballroom came a little bit later. And I went, I realized, oh, that's really work. That's like discipline. And it teach me a lot because I started dancing uh, with every day, four hours. And for three months, basically, because the parents of my partner they found me but i never danced before it was more like oh she has like great physique and she's musician so she has rhythm let's train her so it was from zero in 3 months i had to be ready for a competition and we won the competition oh, nice but i am very grateful it's all in the in the hands of the teacher so without my first teacher i would never get I don't know, this feeling and this emotion from dancing that I I had and that I have. So it's so important as a parent also, if people are having children, to choose the right teacher Hmm. so that the teacher is guiding you or the children to the right direction.
1: Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your younger self. What would you say to her?
2: (sighs) My younger self, uh, don't stop if you think it is tough and don't stop at the first day when you think, oh, I don't want to go to training or I don't want to go to my piano lesson or harp lesson. it, It is a struggle, but over time it will get easier and you will get easier to enjoy it. Because at the beginning, everything is tough. Everything hurts when you start ballet or if you start playing harp. But at the end, you really enjoy it. Like, I do it now. Like, I can play whatever I want on the harp, basically. But I could not do that 20 years ago.
1: So what's next for Elena?
2: Writing music. I think this is the most important part. Writing music and... I feel I'm kind of like also going through a personal change. And when I am through it, I would like to share my experience and combine that with music. So, yeah, I think as a musician, you need to write your own music. It's very important. It's I think it's like a writer who is like saying I'm writing and then he's just copying stories, you know, or rewriting stories. A little bit the same. And one day the people will be bored to hear, I don't know, the winner takes it all for the 20th time, (laughs) 20th cover. Right. They will need a new song.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. As we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Elena, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax?
2: I am very physical active. So I like to work out. I like to run. I like to do yoga. I would like to play more tennis. Yeah, I would like to dance. So this is what what I do for fun, I would say. Like, yeah, physical activity.
1: Is there a big tennis scene down in Austin?
2: I have one like 10 minutes from me, (laughs) a tennis center, but the weather is not always perfect. You have probably like eight months, very good weather. And then you have one day rain, one day you don't have rain. So this is the tough part. And so big respect to people who are playing outdoor sports, who are like keeping it up. That's, very tough so this right. is what stops me but we are sometimes we are all a little bit oh i cannot play then i'm not going to play
1: being russian how do you handle that austin heat
2: i love it really everybody yeah everybody is surprised that i really like it but i i cannot be in the cold okay like for for a ski vacation yes but just being cold with rain or wind no and Saint Petersburg is just cold and just wind. Like the pictures I've seen, how I was dressed as a baby when I was outside, it's it's ridiculous. Like you cannot move, <laughs> and as... you put like cream or Vaseline on your cheeks and on your nose so that it stays moisturized.
1: What would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online?
2: Alena Harpist is my Instagram account and I'm trying to post two to three times a week and I am very grateful for all of my followers. I really have so many nice comments and rarely bad comments and I'm so grateful because I see so many people struggling with bad comments and I know I'm kind of like not dressed as the typical harpist and, the, and I think this is the only way only thing that distracts a little bit on my Instagram account and where I get bad comments yeah people they have this picture in their head that a harpist needs to be shoes long skirts long sleeves I don't know they have this prototype in their head. And I think this is the only bad comments I get, but in general, I am very grateful and happy about my community.
1: Yeah. Keep breaking those barriers. Uh, yeah,
2: I know I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying. It's
0: yeah,
2: I have. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm shocked that people write that, but I mean, we all have sometimes bad comments in our head if we see something bad. And some people they just say it in your face, yeah. in your Facebook. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Elena, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth?
2: I would say the only thing that we can control is our mind. And We can control our mind with happiness if we have happy thoughts. So stay happy, think happy, talk about yourself good, never talk about your bad. This will stick in your mind. So don't do that. So stay positive and try to control your mind. You really can do that.
1: All right. Uh, Elena, I keep talking to you forever. You're absolutely fantastic. Congratulations on all of your success. And please keep bringing joy to all your followers and all your social media accounts. Thanks for coming on the show today. This has been a real pleasure, and you will welcome back anytime, okay?
2: Thank you, Derek. Thank you so much for having me. And it is always a pleasure to share my experience and yeah, I always, I always say that. I wish I could ask more questions to the people who are asking me.
1: <laughs> and just like that, Deval Nation, we come to the end of episode 224. <laughs> I want to thank Elena for taking the time out of her very busy schedule to come on the show. What a fantastic woman. And I was overjoyed when she accepted the invitation to appear on the show and tell the story of her life. After our interview, she took my request to play a track from the film The Last of the Mohicans, and she did so with a master stroke of her harp. So Elena, the offer stands. You are welcome back on my show anytime you want to come back on. Okay, tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to today for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing TeePublic. The Derek DeVall Show has a great little store on there with everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. So please go to our website, DerekDeVallShow.com. Go to the banner of the of merch. Click that, and you'll be taking it to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek DeVall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, I got to see the famous comedian Anthony Jeselnik for the very first time the other night. And boy, is he hilarious live. So his Netflix specials are brilliant as well, but seeing him in person is great. His mastery in misdirection is something special, and if he comes to a city near you, I highly advise you to go and see him if you still can get a ticket, as my show was sold out. No God bless,
0: and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show. And we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, derekduvalshow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.